You are now listening to The Sexy Escort Guide, discussing everything fascinating about the world of paid companionship. And now, here is your sexy host, Exotic Vivian. Hey guys, this is episode 103 of the Sexy Escort Guide podcast. I am your host as always, Vivian. And today we're going to be discussing one of our most popular topics to date, freestyling. Yes, I don't think we will ever get tired of this topic. This episode is going to serve as a guide and I am joined by the stunning Miss Ty Rose, who has dubbed herself as the freestyling queen. We will be discussing everything there is to know about freestyling and what that looks like in the escort community, because you know the sugar girls have tried to appropriate this term as their own, but I digress. And we're going to go in depth on how to close the deal, knowing your target audience, staying safe, and in-person networking skills that lead to a mutually beneficial arrangement for both parties. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our diamond sponsor, Companion Tax and Accounting Services. You've heard us interview the owner, Mary Lee, on episodes 7, 36, and 58. Companion Tax really knows their stuff, and I, Vivian, can personally vouch for them. They are the professionals you need to hire to handle all of your tax accounting and business needs. Companion Tax was created specifically with us companions in mind. It doesn't get any more niche than that. They have been in business since 2011 and have become a leading resource for the community. Although based in South Florida, they are licensed in all states. You can visit them at companiontax.com and fill out the new client information form to get started and take charge of your financial future. Hello, Ty Rose. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. I saw your tweet about how girls are benefiting from a guy that you made up, or I should say that you wrote, (laughs) or you created. (laughs) They're having much success. I was like, hey, why not come share the wealth with the show? Because everybody is always sending me messages about freestyling. And I just feel like it's something that we will never get tired of. Ever. (laughs) It definitely helps to have that tool in your toolbox when you're not getting calls from your regular advertisement. Just leaving your house. It's nice to know that leaving your house could put money in your pocket. Who would have thought? It's another term for networking and socializing, really, and just finding suitors, you know? It is networking, really. I mean, that's what the civilians do when they're trying to drum up business. They go out networking. That's the same thing, ladies. Freestyling is networking. Just put that in the back of your mind. I think the word probably itself is just a bit intimidating generally. But overall, I mean, if you're already dressing the part, you're going out to these upscale bars, lounges, events, you might as well socialize and capitalize on that because that's all you're really doing. What word are you saying is intimidating? Freestyling or networking? Yeah, I've noticed like in our community, just freestyling in general, it's just something that just kind of intimidates, you know, a lot of providers or companions, you know, they kind of overthink it. A lot of people are scared. Yeah, they do overthink it for sure. 
Like I had a freestyling challenge late last year. Basically, I had a month. I gave everybody a month and you had to freestyle at least once a week and come back with your, you know, stories. It doesn't mean that you have to close a deal because as we all know, you're not always going to meet somebody that spends money on you today, but they might spend money on you tomorrow. The goal was go out once a week because I wanted to get the ladies in the habit of, you know, going outside. <laughs> go out once a week and report your findings. And I was giving away like a Target gift card or something at the end of the four weeks to whoever I felt contributed the most. And do you know not one person? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they all kept saying, oh, I'm going to go next week. Oh, next week. Oh, it's cold. Oh, I'm, I don't know. Uh, I'm like, so nobody wants free money. Wow. Okay. This was inside our Patreon, patreon.com slash TSCGP. But this was our private members. And you would have thought, but anyways. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's jump into the show. Yeah, I was like, what is going on? I'm like, this is why. How are you going to make money if you don't leave your house? Exactly. Like, come on. They're not going to come knocking on your door, sis. I mean, I wish, <laughs> I wish they were knocking. There's too many opportunities and things out there for you to not capitalize. Like, come on. Even if you're not going for a specific goal, at least you're networking. Exactly. And I think a lot of girls just feel like unless they're in Dubai or London, they can't freestyle. But you'll be surprised. You can make money in small towns too. Like, you don't need to be in Miami or New York or whatever to meet men that will want to spend money on you. Like they're everywhere. Everywhere. And I always recommend like smaller, like remote towns, because if you think about it, a lot of times, you know, companions, they don't tour these small, you know, towns in upstate New York or Wisconsin or, you know, just remote places like that. Exactly. And I always say in the bigger cities, you need to be hanging out in the local neighborhood spots. Yes, do all the normal stuff too. But hang out in the local upscale neighborhood spots and you will be surprised the gems that you find there. But I digress. So let's jump into the show. Please tell the listeners a little bit about you, your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I am Ty Rose. I have been a sex worker slash companion for about 10 years. I started off doing street-based sex work and then I did, you know, the camming OnlyFans situation for a bit. And then I kind of retired that, you know, after the pandemic because it just wasn't my lane. And I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't making any money and just, you know, it was oversaturated. It's a lot of work. And I talked to somebody who made a million dollars a year, but there is a lot of nuance to it because she literally had to train sexters in Asia to sex round the clock for her because the money is made in the DMs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot from her. But you have to post on social media, especially TikTok, at least twice a day, every day. So it's like you have to come up with content all the time. And if you're just not built for that and you don't know how to shoot a ton of stuff in advance and space them out, you will get burned out very quickly. I mean, she even said it too. Like the only reason why she was able to figure it out was because we had all this time during the pandemic and she lived in Canada. So, you know, they were locked down for a while. So she buckled down and figured it out and made a shit ton of money. But then, you know, she had to hire 
outside help because you can't do it all yourself. That's why a lot of girls have the modeling, um, the management agencies, because they're agencies that actually manage the top OnlyFans girls. They're not doing all that stuff on their own. It's a lot of work. Yeah, because let me tell you, it is a lot of emotional work for little to no return. I mean, like you said, they either have managing companies or they have assistants or whatever, because for me personally, I think that you're giving out too much. It's too much of an energy exchange. And that's not even to bash like online sex workers. But if you're not like that top 5%, it's a struggle. It is. Plus, for somebody like me who is not face out, I'm always going to have a cap on my earnings. Because there are plenty of girls that are willingly showing their face and I'm not. I don't even I don't show my face on my OnlyFans either. So <laughs> I do certain things to like keep the attention, but it's never going to compete with girls that full on show their faces and all that good stuff. So it's different strokes for different folks. Is that the saying? Yeah. <laughs> you got <laughs> <But> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely not my lane. So okay, so you said you started with street-based sex work and then you did online, then that was not for you. And then you kind of settled into your lane of being an escort. Yeah, I I kind of came back to escorting, but in a more, you know, safer manner, safer way. I wish I would have skipped the sugar baby phase, the just certain phases in my life. I should have just jumped right into companionship. <laughs> I feel like a lot of girls that started off with sugaring say the same thing. My former co-host, Chantel, she says the same thing because that was how she got started was through sugaring. I got started through stripping. So it's a completely different mindset. <laughs> yes, I did that for a bit too. I did that for a bit too. <laughs> I didn't even realize that you started with street-based sex work. So what part of the world were you when you did that? And how long did you do it for? I actually grew up in the West Coast. So like right out of high school, you know, I was hanging out with a certain group of people. And, you know, I had older people kind of putting me on game. It was, you know, for a short time, you know, right out of high school. And, you know, in my early 20s, but I started stripping and then I started to do like the sugar baby bullshit. And then I end up just going full on companion in a more safer manner. I'm always curious to figure out how people who are in street based sex work, like how they do it, where they are, how they're able to monitor that. But you just said you feel safer as a companion that advertises online. Yeah, I could imagine because you just never know what's out in these streets. Exactly. And even like, Back then, I mean, I'm thankful that I had, you know, not horrible experiences, but I will say that they were not the safest. And I'm lucky to have people around me back then that did keep me safe and put me on game. But I know that's not the reality for a lot of sex workers. And, you know, they don't have the luxury of, you know, transitioning out of that. So you said the sugaring world was bullshit. So you're like, fuck this. I am going to go fully into companion. What made you do that switch? Like what was the last straw and how did you transition to becoming a companion that advertises online? I think the last straw for me was like my OnlyFans, like when I started it, it was booming and then it started dropping because it was getting so oversaturated. I basically needed fucking money. I mean, I was in school. I was, you know, fucking struggling at the time. And I was like, well, why am I choosing this lifestyle when I have other options out there? 
And I already was freestyling in general, but I kind of wanted, I didn't want to always go out and freestyle and make money that way. So I was like, well, let me check out freaking ad sites. Let me do it. You know, let me study the women around me and the women that I do know who mentored me. And let me kind of just capitalize on this now and do it in a more safer way. So I think, you know, around the pandemic time and just being like fucking broke, I was like, I need to do something that's more lucrative where I'm not using so much of my energy and not getting anything in return. That definitely is not it. Working so hard for nothing. Nobody wants that. Mm -hmm. What do you think is a misconception about sex work? Oh my gosh. Where do I even like fucking begin? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'll keep it short and, you know, and sweet. But like, honestly, it's like a lot of people, they have this mindset that like sex workers are victims of human trafficking. We're getting trafficked. Basically, we don't have like, we don't have agency over our fucking bodies or we're just getting abused out here. So that's one of the misconceptions. And basically just a lot of people think it's a degrading job. It's like the most degrading job. There are people that are married being degraded in their marriages, but I digress. Anywho, (laughs) what is one misconception people have about you? Oh gosh, I think... I think the misconception about me would probably be that I'm like very combative or problematic. But I feel like over the years, you know, it's like I have to use my voice. If I'm going to have a platform, it's going to be more than just sex work. I mean, I know a lot of sex workers don't want to combine the two. They don't want that to be their branding. But I feel like for me, I have to make some part of my life political because what I'm doing is a very political thing. But yeah, I think uh, for the most part, that's kind of been like my thing for the past couple of years, especially on Twitter. You know, it's so easy to get in a Twitter, like, I don't know, drama. I actually have not seen, you know what? I don't really go on Twitter as much to like really peruse. Like I basically go post my shit and I leave. That's because you're smart, Vivian. (laughs) I just don't have the time or energy, but I haven't seen any political posts from you. All I see are like, you know, your sexy posts, titties out, you know, basking in the sun. And then I saw that post about your ebook, but I haven't seen any political posts, but you know. Hey, Vivian, I toned it down, okay? There's so many stuff going on on social media, like their girls that are just go off on a deep end, not just politics. I'm saying just in general, just complaining or so I just go, I post my shit, retweet people, and I bounce. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. And plus, I find that Twitter more and more is losing my interest. I don't know. It's so different now. Yeah, it's losing my interest. I'm mostly on Instagram now, you know, because I feel like on Instagram, it's a lot harder for people to get into debates, although that's also happening. But... <laughs> I feel like people are mostly all about aesthetics and, you know, branding on Instagram, whereas Twitter is just like an abyss and it's a free for all. It's getting worse, too. I'm trying to like weed out my timeline and like, you know, algorithm, but it's just it's yeah, it's shitty. Yeah. And then that's another thing, too. They're changing the algorithm. Like Twitter is trying to be Instagram now with the algorithm, with the for you and the who you're following. It didn't used to be like that before. They just recently did that. So now your timeline is completely different. I'm over social media. Like it's a necessary evil at this point. Exactly. (laughs) Oh God. Okay. So what do you think is a misconception about freestyling? 
I think a misconception would probably be like people don't think that it's like sex work. They, especially if it's like coming from a civvy person, they think it's just, you know, you know how sugar babies are like, well, I'm a sugar baby. I'm not an escort. I'm not a this and that. But honestly, there's so much hierarchy in, you know, sex work and elitism. It's like freestyling is freestyling, whether you're doing it privately on your own leisure, you know, in your personal time, you're still doing an energy and transactional exchange. For me, I mean, why not just capitalize on that? No, they just don't want to be seen as whores. Exactly. (laughs) They don't want to be seen as prostitutes. Oh my God. I remember there's this one girl on TikTok that was like, um, come with me freestyling. And she went over to the Biltmore Hotel, which is a really nice hotel here in um, Miami and Coral Gables. And she said she sat down and this guy, she was working on her iPad and this guy chatted up with her and paid for her lunch or whatever. And they linked up, you know, later to do dinner. And then of course, all the hoes on there are like, uh, this is basically what hoes do. You guys are just trying to steal our shit. <laughs> exactly. Like, what the fuck? And they're like, you better be careful. You're going to get these civilian girls hemmed up because they think this is like, you know, the real world. Like, you got to be safe. You got to be. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I love the, oh, I didn't have to do anything in exchange. I didn't have to have any sex with them. You know, they just. You know what? I would say that's probably the one thing that really annoys me about sugar babies or just people that are looking to be treated financially by men. The thing that galls me, but it usually comes from women, not the gay boys, because the gay boys are like out and just, they're just out there, you know, and of course, you know, their stigma is non-existent because they're men. That's a story for another day. Like men are literally out here saying, I'm a whore, pay me. And nobody goes, You're degrading yourself. Think about your future. Nope. They literally just let them shake their ass on Twitter and be whores. But, you know, the minute a woman decides she wants money from a guy, whoa, whore. But the thing that really annoys me about the sugar babies are the ones that are like, oh, I don't have to do anything. I just get money. Because there's like negative connotation around sex itself. Why is sex so bad that you're trying to just eliminated from your life altogether because you're still going to be fucking somebody. Let's be honest. But these girls will take the money from this sugar daddy that they didn't sleep with and then spend it on the bum men. Like what's happening here? What's really good? (laughs) The math is not mathing. Like I would rather be like, yeah, I slept with this guy and now I have a fucking mansion. Yes. I love my life rather than, Oh, I didn't do anything, you know, I just, I was just pretty. And then he just like paid for everything. And my life is a fucking fairy tale. I am a virgin, you know, I'm celibate. I don't have sex. Say no to sex. Like why? Or the ones that are like, oh, how can I get sugar without giving up the sugar? I forget how they word it, but it's like, you can't just be a taker in life. Life is about balance. It's a circle. You give, you get. Even in the Bible, not to bring religion into this, (laughs) but they say it's more blessed to give than receive. Although I don't know about that, but (laughs) you give and you get, you don't just take takers or users. Nobody likes those people. And they're the worst. If you've ever been fucking around them, they leech off you. Mm -hmm. And I can smell them a mile away too. Broke asses. 
Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about your book. What prompted you to write this book? Honestly, I was just going through a really difficult time in my life at the time. I wanted to, you know, pour into the community. I wanted to, you know, write. I, that's what I do in my free time. I love to write. So I was like, I have a lot to say. You know, I want to share, you know, because a lot of people have been coming to me about freestyling and the DMs even before I really was out with it, the ones that are close to me. So I was like, well, let me just write up something and share it with y'all and tips that I fucking use when I go out and freestyle or just network. And um, how big is this book? How long is it? So people can kind of get an idea of what it entails. Yeah. So it's about nine pages long and that includes like the introduction. Oh, so it's like a nice guide. I took my time. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It's about nine pages and, you know, examples and things that I use and say that work for me. I like that. I like that. So ladies, I'm definitely going to be putting her link to this ebook in the show notes. Definitely go get your copy. I'm actually going to get one too, because, you know, I like to support and you never know. You can always learn something new. I might learn a new trick. You know, I'm always learning. I'm like the education queen over here. Okay. So a person is like, all right. I think freestyling is for me. What are some of the first things they should do before even leaving their house to freestyle? So I always recommend, like, you need to look the part. I mean, you obviously don't want to draw too much attention to yourself by fucking wearing everything designer from your head to toe. There's those girls that they got to be in designer everything. I literally cannot. I cannot. <laughs> You want to be, of course, classy and cute. Wear your Chanel bag, wear your Louboutins, but don't overdo it. Just looking the part. Like you have to know if you're going to establishment, you want to make sure that you're blending in. Because, I mean, obviously, we still live in a horophobic world. So you don't want to stand out too much like, oh, that's a prostitute. You know what I mean? Perfect example. I was at the boat show in Palm Beach on Sunday with one of my clients. And because it was him and a group of other people were there and they pointed out this one girl who was literally she's blonde, skinny, but she had like whole clothes on plus high heels. They were like Claire stripper heels. Too. <laughs> like Anybody that knows about the boat show and things like that, you're wearing flats because you're walking around. The boat show itself, it's man-made like they have to basically create those docks for all these boats to come and present. Those docks are not stable. This is not the time or place to be wearing high heels. So you need to know your market and know where you're going. You don't need to wear heels everywhere. That's just a tip from me to you. Because she literally looked like a whore, <laughs> like a hooker that was like ready to get her clients tomorrow. You know, and she probably got away with it because she was blonde, but people were like snickering and laughing at her. Like I saw the looks, like you said, definitely know where you're going and know to blend in. Exactly. Know your audience, know your fucking, you know, who you want to attract. So how do you choose where to go? So for me, it depends on the city and obviously, you know, the demographic. For the most part, I like very like secluded, almost like secret gyms in the city. So yeah, you can go to like the popular hotels, the popular bars. But for me, 
It's like the laid back, you know, cigar bars. It's like hidden bars, holes in the walls. Like you can really find some really just generous, generous people. I mean, if you go to popular places, I mean, you obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of other girls there. I mean, your goal is to have something long term, I would think. <laughs> long term. Yes. Authentic places. Like I see a lot of girls that go to the casino, you know, they do things like that, which is good. You know, if you want something short term, but if you want something long term, I definitely would find a jewel in the city. Yeah. Like mix it up. The casino, like you said, are going to have a certain type of hoe there. And yeah, you can also make money at the casino. But for me, like you said, I like to look for people that will literally fund my life <laughs> for an indefinite amount of time. And yeah, sure. If I find uh, right now money, I'll take it too. Like, obviously, God gave me this gift. You know, it fell in my lap. I'm going to take it. But that's usually never my goal. Like I don't go out going, I'm going to make this much tonight. Like I go out looking to make connections, meet people. Have I made money same night? Of course. Who hasn't? But that's another thing too. You need to figure out what your goals are so you know where to go. If you're trying to make money today, then yes, you should probably go to all the popular spots where, you know, guys are coming in and will definitely be looking for something like that. That's not to say that you won't find long-term in those spots either because, you know, that's happened to me as well where, you know, I'll have friends come in town and they drag me to these tourist traps. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, of course I go because I'm a great friend. And then I end up meeting someone that ends up being a good thing. So it it could work, but you should mix it up for sure. Exactly. You want, I mean, I would think you would want something long-term, but I can't, you know, say my goals are their goals or, you know, vice versa, but. But just know what your goals are. So that way, you know where to go. Yes. Exactly. And you're not going to be as disappointed. You know what I mean? And please stay away from, stay away from places where the guys there cannot afford you. Please. (laughs) You cannot go in an establishment thinking that you can pitch like a thousand dollars an hour and it's like fucking Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, like be for real. Yeah. Don't let's be fucking for real. You want to go where the guys will easily give you the money that you want. Do not go to a place where you need to do mental gymnastics to like finagle and finesse money out of people. That's too much work. Nobody wants to work that hard. At least I don't. I'm not really a fan of working. Anybody that knows me knows I don't care for work. I like to go to places where things are easy for me. So please do not pick a place where the guys are going to be insulted. (laughs) that you're asking for this much money. So go where they can afford you. Thank you. (laughs) And then it's like, I've known girls that have went down drastically on their price because, you know, they weren't meeting that goal and they weren't agreeing to it, you know, to each his own. But I feel like if this is what you want, like, don't go down on your price. And also though, you know, piggybacking on that, you need to have like a floor. That's the minimum you will take. And you need to be flexible in your approach because you don't want to be so rigid that, you know, you end up missing out on a good gem, if that makes any sense. Like you want to be flexible, but you need to have your floor. That helps you gauge how generous this person is too. 
because if they're higher or much higher than your floor, then you know, okay, this is good. But if they're like a little, you know, below your floor or trying to like negotiate you to your floor, then you kind of know, okay, either I'm not even fooling with this guy or this is a one hit it and quit it and be on my way type of person. Exactly. Out the door. Yeah. So you definitely need to have your strategy in place. And I'm sure this is all going to be in the book as well. So make sure you get that book. Okay. How do you know who your target audience is? So if you've been a provider or sex worker for a long ass time, I mean, you know, right off the bat, who the fuck your target is. I mean, from the type of shoes that they wear, the watch that they wear, you know, the way that they, you know, use their body, you know, how they articulate themselves. Even with that, it can be a little bit iffy, but if you've been doing it as long as say you or me, you know, and if you see that they're, you know, they have a tab open, just different things, different things that you can look out for to know that a person is generous or, you know, you can at least guess how much money they make. I mean, and then one super easy way is if the guy is offering to buy you a drink or whatever, like if a guy is over here talking to you, you know, and of course, this is definitely tips from the strip club. Like you don't spend too much time talking to somebody that's not doing something like what are we doing here? Like you're not about to talk my ears off and, you know, not buy me a drink. Usually the guys, they know to just be like, what are you drinking immediately? Of course, maybe you might meet someone that's kind of a newbie, but there's still potential there and you can hint. Like, because I was straight up, be, I mean, but at this point in my life, I can literally tell a guy to buy me a drink. And that's it. <laughs> I can literally be like, okay, so are you going to talk my ears off and not buy me a drink? Like, what's going on here? But you, you need to be a pro for these types of uh, these uh, moves. <laughs> you can't be acting timid. You got to be confident. You know, I've had frat boys that I wasn't even interested in. This is a ultra, ultra just finished uh, winter music conference. So they end up going to my bars, my local bars. And I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, are you lost? <laughs> they have money because that's why they go to these places, you know, and they're over here chit chatting. And I'm like, I'm assuming this is on your tab. <laughs> like, I'll literally just be like, I'm out there. But do not try these moves until you know how to <laughs> flirt and socialize. <laughs> But yes, nobody flirts anymore. Have you noticed that? Like nobody flirts anymore. So when you flirt with a guy, they're like so overwhelmed because they're not used to women flirting. Then they were just talking about that. That was like the topic of a Twitter for a bit. They were talking about how like people don't flirt anymore. And like they don't even know how to pick up people at bars, you know, like how they used to. It's a shame, really. But ladies, you need to find a way to attract the types of guys that you want to you and you need to find a way to use body language read books on that uh, read the art of seduction read books on using your body language and cues to draw men to you again this is another tip from the strip club there are ways to get that guy to come on the stage and tip your ass it's not the you know pole tricks because lord knows i've seen way way better girls than me <laughs> I didn't do any of that. Defying gravity. I didn't need it. My club didn't even have a pole. But uh, I've danced at some clubs with poles, but my main one did not have a pole. It was like a proper gentleman's club. <laughs> I've seen girls defy gravity and all that stuff, and they didn't get a dollar versus my ass. But of course, you know, strip clubs is like ebb and flows. Like some days are slow, some days are not. You just have to pick your poison. But 
you know, eye contact with a guy can make them come do all the things that you want them to do. So figure out a way and then figure out a way to talk too, where it doesn't look like you're forward. Like you don't have to be like, hi, my name is Vivian. No, you can be like, what are you drinking? That looks nice. Or have you been here before? What do you recommend? Where it doesn't look like you're hitting on them, but you know, then they notice, oh, a pretty girl's talking to me. Exactly. Like one time, my one guy that I've had now for a few years, I made fun of his drink. (laughs) (laughs) Do not try these advanced tricks (laughs) until you're comfortable. But I basically made fun of his drink. And then he was like defending himself. Like, oh, no, he was just, you know, making me this. This is not my normal drink. I was like, oh, okay. I was surprised because you don't even seem like that kind of a guy. And then, of course, we started talking. One thing led to another. I was on his yacht the next day, blah, 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 blah. I told this story on YouTube, so go watch that YouTube. Any other tips on um, how you know who your target audience is? Honestly, outside of that, it's really just a sport. Like you just have to know body language. You have to know like what they're wearing. And even that could be a little bit iffy because I've bad guys who were wearing like sketches shoes. So, you know, just be mindful. Just, I mean, in the first five minutes of them talking, you will know if someone's generous or not. You know, we don't have to do mental gymnastics to kind of know if a person is generous or not. I mean, at this point in my life, like I have a sixth sense about it now. I don't even look at clothes and any of that stuff. I mean, eventually I'll probably see it if it's there. I have a way now to just dissect if a guy has money or not. I can't even explain it to you. It's an energy thing. Do not get hemmed up just looking at clothes because there are guys that would literally, and maybe this is a tip. If a guy is dripping from head to toe in designer. Run for your life. (laughs) Either his young money, which I don't recommend. I prefer my men older, but hey, maybe if you're like 18, you want to mess with a 30 year olds or something, then maybe. But I would still run because you would have much better luck with a guy in his 40s and up like as an 18 year old. Like if a guy is dripping from head to toe and like labels that are visible on their clothing, run. You want to look for the quiet things. Quiet. Like they're to themselves. They're like looking at their drink for like 10 minutes and just staring at the walls. The young money, the designer, all of that, in my experience, some of them are just so stingy. Like they're usually the most stingiest, penny pinching. I don't even want to get into it. Because they're broke. (laughs) I mean, from my experience on this earth, the guys that are not willing to spend money on you don't have it to give. Or you're not their type, but why the fuck are they talking to you? So you're definitely their type. Like if you're not their type, they wouldn't even interact with you in the first place. But if a guy is interacting with you, you're his type in some way. And if he's not spending money on you, it's because he doesn't have it and you need to run. Don't think you can like, you know, finagle money out of a guy, you know, or whatever. I mean, obviously these are advanced strategies, but nobody wants to be working that hard. You want somebody that is easy Like he's agreeable and wanting to give you this money. Yeah, any guy under 45, I would say stay away from. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Stay away from guys under 45. Like they need time to mature, you know, come into their own, you know, and feel successful. Because that's another thing too. If they don't feel like they got it, it's never going to work. It's just not. They don't have the confidence Exactly. Don't look at just, oh, the guys wearing designer. There are guys here in Miami that rent Lamborghinis to drive around Ocean Drive 
and South Beach to pick up girls and they fall for it every time. Vivian, let me tell you, when I was younger, uh, living in South Florida, I had a Australian quote unquote sugar daddy. Nothing of his that I thought he had was his. Like from the house to the car, it was all his friends. And I end up finding out later. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Rich guys are super generous with their friends. So they would let their friends get the key to the mansion, the key to the Lambo. They might even, depending on how cool they are, they might let them ride on the plane with them, the private jet. If a guy is flexing too hard about the stuff that he has, he probably doesn't have it. Because if you have it, if you know your Lambo and your Rolls Royce is in your garage every day, why do you need to post it on Instagram 50 million times or pose in front of it? And that's another thing too. Usually they don't have social media. All the ones I know, the ones I know, they don't like you, they don't care for it, and it's perfect because our worlds will never collide. <laughs> and let me tell you, he had a Tinder and a Facebook, okay? Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're on there trying to find cheap girls to bang, but that's a story for another day. But yeah, I think with these tips, you guys can kind of figure out, you know, what to look for. Like, stay away from designer, drippy people. You know, I'm, it's nice and all. They look nice, but no. The guys that you want are low-key. They don't want any of that nonsense attention. They're just like trying to enjoy their lives and chill. That's the guy you want. The guy that's chilling in the corner. Again, another tip from the strip club. Exactly. You want long-term, long-term. Yeah, yeah. You want the guy that's going to be taking you on trips or a guy that's going to be seeing you religiously because, you know, most of them are married. You want a guy that's going to be seeing you all the time, regardless of his status, you know? Okay, and this is a very important question and the most asked question is, how do I close the deal? Like, now I have this guy, but I don't know how to ask. Like, how do you know? And this is why a lot of people fumble the bag. So please tell them how to not fumble the bag. <laughs> okay, so if we're talking pro vibes, if we're talking, you've been doing this a while, you obviously know, like, you're going to be straightforward. I'm always straightforward, but that's because I know my audience and I know like the establishment that I'm in. Most of the time when I'm freestyling, I'm freestyling with a businessman, someone who, you know, does this for a living. So a worldly person. Yeah, exactly. A worldly person. He appreciates confidence and, you know, knowing what you want. Men, healthy men. If I'm doing mental gymnastics, I already know you're trying to bullshit me. So for the most part, being straightforward, be like, hey, I mean, are you into this? Let me airdrop my website to you. Um, you look like you're a man who knows what he wants. You appreciate a businesswoman. I say shit like that. I say very slick shit. If you're around men, you know how they talk. You know how to vibe with them. Yes. Exactly. So it should come easily. And men will appreciate it for the most part. So I would say be confident, be upfront. If you feel like you have to, you know, walk around, you have to like do too much, then most of the time he's not going to be the one for you because he should get it right off the bat. Another thing, though, that I know is definitely on the back of people's minds, how do you know they're not the popo? <sighs> I've never ran into a situation like that, thank God. It's just been pure luck. But I've heard some girls that have clients that are the popo, and they've actually come into situations where, like, the police, they love supporting escorts. They love, you know hiring companions. But I mean, I don't really know too much about that. But honestly, I don't even know because that's why I didn't put that in the template in the book because my 
the things that I do might not work for someone else. It might not be the safest for someone else. So I think just go with your gut. Like, Yes, yes. Definitely trust your gut. But then some people are just nervous nancies and they'll talk themselves out of every bag they've ever come across. So I would like to think that the popos are not really messing with these upscale places because, you know, those residents, they don't need you. Like rich people are like, please go bother other people. Like leave us alone. We're just minding our business. So I would say, I would like to think that they're not out here frequenting these upscale local spots. Like, because then you might be harassing the wrong person. Exactly. You just never know. You might end up harassing somebody's wife who's just really, really flirtatious. And now you're in trouble. You just lost your badge and your job. So I feel like if you stick to those places, you should be good. You should be good. Yeah, for the most part, because if you think about it, depending on what your price point is, I mean, a police officer, for the most part, I don't know if they're going to be in the establishments that you should be in when you're freestyling. The only thing I can think of would be the casinos. Shit, I've been harassed in Vegas, not even working. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I know. I'm. I mean, they don't harass you, but they just ask you for your ID if it's a certain time. And this was when I was um, in Vegas for like a while, like I was actually living there. And so I would just go downstairs for a drink because, you know, you never know who you're going to meet. But I'm never like trying to pick up a dude, you know, and of course, guys, they come in one after the other, blah, 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 blah. But then they come and ask you for your ID because of the girls that ruin it for everybody else. (laughs) But I wasn't even working. Obviously, I give them my ID and I'm like, "Uh, I'm staying here. Literally, I'm staying at this hotel. And they're like, oh, sorry, sorry to bother you. You know, we just we've had some issues. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm, sure. Of course, they don't bother me after that once you're like established in certain places, which is another good thing too. You need to find places that your regulars at because the staff there will have your back. They will look out for you. Shit, one of my regular bars now, I feel like they figured out that I'm a ho. Because <laughs> now they're sending me clients. <laughs> I love it. They finally figured it out. Hey, if you tip them good, like they'll be like the best security you've ever had. Exactly. But no, literally now they're introducing me to people at the bar, like some of their really nice regular, like that's the type of vibe you want. Like you want to be in that place where they know you're regular. Nobody even thinks twice that you're a hoe. Like they're just like, oh, she's just a really cool chick who's here. But yeah, this is Miami. So I think they already figured it out because now he's like, hey, uh, Vivian, I want you to meet somebody. I'm like, okay, you skim me on over here. <laughs> you know? But yeah, so I think if you stay in, you know, the upscale places, you probably will be fine. Just stay away from places that you know the cops would be like the casinos. Or if you're going to work the casinos, then you need to know. Just don't be out here saying you're sucking dick for money. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Don't be doing the most. Don't be having too much attraction on you. And it goes back to like what I said, networking. If you can network and you can get close to maybe the owner, you can get close to, you know, who you're around, the environment, freestyling will be very easy for you. It really will. Because then you're part of them and part of their world. You're not like some outsider that's out here, you know, coming to rob men or whatever they think girls are doing these days. So yeah, I think with that, they should be able to know either, you know, pick the right spots and just be upfront 
You know, I don't even know. Again, I've been doing this for so long. It's second nature to me now. Sometimes it's a bit overwhelming when I get asked certain questions that for me, it's like, like how you would network in general, just do that, but just be aggressive that you want something beneficial. It really could be very simple. I mean, you can even say something like, well, you know, I have bills to pay. If you don't feel like throwing out a number, they should get the hint. Exactly. Or be like, oh, I, I wish I could stay out with you more, but you know, I have to work in the morning. And sometimes they'll be like, well, let me pay for your, your whole day of work or, you know, some bullshit like that. Like, it's really simple. Figure it out. But like, you know, I would love to stay, but my car note is this much. <laughs> or my rent is this much. I would love to stay, but oh my God, my rent. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> Guys usually, they know. And it's always great when you run into the ones that are used to doing it, then you don't even have to like play all these games and they can just be like, Okay, boom. <laughs> it makes it so easy. Like, we love people like that. We love men like that. Make my life easier. Please, and we will return the favor. Okay, what advice can you give to the shy and nervous introverts who are deathly afraid of networking? Okay, look, if you're a sex worker, if you're a companion, I mean, I understand you being shy and all that shit, but when you want to make money, when you want to network, when you want to upgrade your life, okay, yeah, shy, whatever. But if you're trying to make money, you cannot be shy. Like you have to find the confidence, find what motivates you, what your passion is. If you want to do something, you're going to get your ass out there and work for it. And I'm saying work very, you know, not that type of work, but you're going to build the confidence. Exactly. You're going to have the confidence to get out there and be receptive to what good things the universe is going to throw you away. Exactly. And I feel like if you're tired of being stuck, after a while, you're really going to make a move. You're going to move yourself and do something different. Because if you've ever been in a situation where you feel like I'm fucking tired of living this way, you fucking something motivates you to get up and move. Innovations are always born out of necessities. All the great stuff we're enjoying now is because somebody was fucking sick and tired of a certain thing being a certain way and they decided to go create a solution. So create your own solution in your life. Like if you're tired of like this girl like messaged me the other day because I posted some stuff in my stories from the boat show and she was like, oh, I can't wait. You know, I'm just I'm scared, but I can't wait to jump into. I'm like, just do your research and jump in. We're all going to make mistakes anyway. Like no one's perfect. Practice makes fucking perfect. Exactly. Which is why you need to like do your research, map out your plan. And that helps you take away a lot of the nervousness out of your system if you have a plan. If you know, okay, I'm going to wear this. This is my target audience. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go between this time and this time. And then mix it up too. Daytime, nighttime, not always nighttime. You know, go out during the day as well. Start with the day. I think that's probably less nervous or, you know, nerve wracking for some people. But you have to just go out and do it. Even if you just go sit and watch people for an entire night just to see how people interact. And then you don't have to worry about, you know, interacting with anyone. Just go sit at a nice bar and watch the way people interact. Have dinner, have drinks, drag it out. See the way people interact with each other. You'll be surprised. It's not as difficult as you think it is. Just even after or even before the pandemic, people just kind of lost the art of just fucking 
going out and just enjoying themselves out alone. So if you are not a person that can go out alone, you better start fucking doing it. Like fucking take yourself out, take yourself out to a nice dinner, get yourself a drink, just practice just going out talking to people before you even jump into freestyling. Because if you can't even have a conversation because you're so shy, you're so introverted, how are you going to ask for money? The boat show that I went to, my client actually had to wheel and deal with some of his colleagues. So I was by myself a lot, which was fine. But he was like worried about me. He was like, you sure you're going to be okay by yourself? You know, I, I feel bad leaving. I'm like, go. <laughs> I'm good. And I ended up like chatting it up with people. I ran into some old friends, you know, made new friends. Perfectly fine in my own company. And you need to find a way to learn that for you. Like you need to know how to go out alone and be alone. <laughs> like, because you're not going to be alone for long. I promise you, if you look the way you, you're supposed to look, you're not going to be alone for long. If anything, you can at least be chatting with the bartender. And we all know, like, men love to see you chat with other men because they're like, oh, why is he interested in her? And then it just starts a, you know, it starts a whole thing. Exactly. So just practice, practice, practice. And speaking of mistakes, what is one major mistake you think people make a lot when they're freestyling? Maybe some mistake that you've made or something that you want to share so the audience cannot make that mistake? For me, I think it would be just not being confident in like the price point that I am pitching or being confident in what I want. So being confident in what you want, whether you want fucking $200, whether you want $2,000, like know what you want. I mean, men say this all the time when it comes to asking us for food or what we want to do. Like, even if you have to bullshit it, just be like, this is what I want. Be stern, be confident. So for me, I think the biggest mistake is not knowing what I want and not having the voice that I have now. Like, I was just very timid and very like, oh, well, if you can do this, this and this, you know, just not being confident. Like, it's not sexy and you can get taken advantage of. And you clearly grew out of that because now you're the freestyling queen. Exactly. If she can do it, so can you. I don't know. I think the whole stage fright thing and talking to people thing kind of never was a thing for me because I started stripping. That was kind of like throwing you in the deep end. <laughs> exactly. That's where I got most of the confidence from. If you don't talk to somebody, you are not getting any money. So what are you going to do? Sit around in the club for six to eight hours, just sitting in the back, not making money. That gets old after a while. I mean, I never did that, but... <laughs> But that'll get very old. You're just wasting your time. Wasting your time when there's so much money out there. And you have to think about this as well. Most men in my experience when I'm freestyling, they're already intimidated by me. They're intimidated by beautiful women or women in general. So you have to think about that. Like for the most part, men, they're nervous too. They're like, wow, this beautiful woman is even talking to me and having a real conversation, not being like bimbo vibes, not being you know, obvious that you want their money, just talk to them like they're a human being. Like, yeah, they're, you know, a money source, a bank account, quote unquote, but at the same time, they're still a human being. Talk to them like they were your fucking dad or your brother. Exactly. Okay. So you said you had some mentors that you looked up to when you did the transition from street-based to online, I guess, advertising online. 
were they also street based or were your mentors already advertising as escorts online? So some of them were street based and then some of them were advertising online. And then even more recently, like before the pandemic, I had a lot of adult stars that are into porn and they wanted to transition into escort. And they also kind of helped me as well on their journey. So yeah, most of the mentors I've had were obviously like older women. But yeah, that's for the most part been like, you know, the mentors that I had in my life. And thankfully, they were people that didn't take advantage of me. So that's also something that I'm like grateful for. Yeah, because I mean, it's always nice if you have somebody to guide you in anything in life, really. Somebody who's done it before that can show you the ropes. Because as you know, sometimes this world can get a little catty. Girls get a little, you know, what's the word? (laughs) They're all fearful that you're going to take their client or God knows whatever story they've concocted in their head, but that's nice that you had mentors and now you're paying it forward writing this book. So kudos to you. Okay, now we're going to get to the fun part of the show. Favorite vacation destination or somewhere you would like to be? Ah, okay. So my favorite vacation destination would probably be Cayman Islands. I feel like it's like a hidden jewel. Like most people don't know about it, but then like a lot of people do. It's like, it's kind of a weird thing. I think all the rich people hiding their money there would beg to differ. Yes, yes. When I freestyled there, I thought I was going to like retire from sex work, okay? Oh, so you went there on your own to freestyle. Okay, smarty pants. You see, you hear that, ladies? You need to go vacation where these people vacation too. I had no fucking idea. And the funny thing about the Cayman Islands is like, there's only two places really to go in the Cayman Islands as far as, you know where to stay. So it's not like you have all these options. It's perfect. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Is that the saying? (laughs) That's awesome that you travel too to freestyle. Look at you. Kudos to you. Hey, I was like, let me make the most of my birthday trick. I'm gonna do this. I love it. I love that for you. Awesome. So yeah, Cayman Islands for sure. Yeah. Memories. Okay. Um, what do you like to do in your free time? So when I was in Florida, I obviously love going to the beach, but I love to write and I also have plants. So I'm really into taking care of my plants and gardening and shit like that. Yeah, I'm trying to garden myself. It's a struggle. I'm in a building. What are you trying to plant, Vivian? Well, I'm in a building, so that's already, you know, a chore. So I have like a raised garden bed on my balcony. And I first I tried planting tomatoes, but I didn't realize that they sprawl out like... (laughs) Like they grow like freaking vines. And I was like, okay, well, this is not going to work for my garden. But it did produce some fruit. But then, you know, I had to switch it up. Now I'm just growing some lettuce and it seems to be doing well. I feel like that's going to be contained in that space. But I do have green thumbs. It's just only on earth. Not, <laughs> not in a, this building gardening is very uh, weird for me. But I love planting and creating things. So it's still nice. Although I was very defeated when that tomato did not work out because I love tomatoes. Don't even like stress because tomatoes are like so, they can be iffy to actually grow. They're very temperamental. Yeah, I see. So why did you move? Because you were in Fort Lauderdale. I thought you were in Fort Lauderdale. I was. I was in Fort Lauderdale, Pompano area. I wanted to be closer to my clients and family. And I just was like, 
I was over Fort Lauderdale. I really was. Maybe I'll make my way back to Florida, but it probably won't be Fort Lauderdale. It'll probably be West Palm. Yeah, West Palm is nice. Palm Beach is nice in general. That's the one city in South Florida that I never really got into as far as going out there or freestyle. I mean, I've gone out there. I've had clients there. I've freestyled there, but not, I don't know it as well as I know Palm Beach or Miami. I always skip over it for some reason, although there's definitely money there in Fort Lauderdale. It's the largest voting community. So you said you like to write. Do you like to read? If so, are you reading anything now? Do you have a favorite book? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm reading like three things right now because, you know, my ADHD is all over the place. So, you know, we love to like microtask and shit like that. But I'm actually reading All About Love right now. That's like one of my favorite books by Bell Hooks. Is this fiction? Well, <laughs> it's kind of like a, a mix. It kind of discusses like the aspects of love and shit like that. But I mean, it can be considered like a fiction. And then they tell stories. Basically. And just like a personal... Okay. So Robert Greene kind of writes the same way. He'll talk about the topic and then he tells a story about it. I like that form of... Yeah, yeah. And it has beautiful quotes and shit like that. Okay. All about love. We love love. The other two, I'm reading a James Baldwin book, Giovanni's Room. Okay. That's definitely fiction. It's a whole... (laughs) It's a whole thing. It sounds like they already made that a movie. Like, imagine that. One of my all-time favorite books where I feel like everyone should read is The Alchemist. You know what's funny? I've gotten that recommendation a lot, but because I'm not really a fan of fiction, I've always shied away from it. I've heard it's a really good book, but then I don't think it's as fiction-y as I think it is. It's a fiction, but it's more so like an exploration fiction, if that makes sense. Like it's kind of exploring like your mind and, you know... That's what I thought. Okay, so I might be able to get down with that because I just can't read fiction to save my life. I'd rather just watch it. (laughs) I'm not trying to be transported by a book like like the Harry Potter series. I would just watch everything and use my visuals. But yeah, okay, The Alchemist. I guess I'll definitely have to add that to the list. Let me go ahead and like download the sample to my Kindle and that way I'll know it's there. Listen to a sample. Yes, yes, like audio. They have an audio version? Yeah. They do? Oh. They have an audio version. Okay, I might have to do that too. Uh, Movie? Oh, dear. Okay, my favorite movie would probably be Pulp Fiction. I love Pulp Fiction. Although that scene with Ving Rhames was very traumatizing for me as a kid, but... (laughs) Maybe as an adult. (laughs) I think I was like six or something or seven when I watched that. It was not for kids, but I was following my older siblings and whatnot. And yeah, it was definitely that scene. And then the funny thing is Samuel L. Jackson was going around quoting Bible scripture and blowing brains out left and right. That did nothing for me. I didn't care about that. It was that Ving Rain scene. (laughs) Oh my God. He went in. Oh, that traumatized me. Oh, my God. But I loved it. I love Pulp Fiction. Uma Thurman. A good film. Yeah. Maybe I should go rewatch it again. But uh, (laughs) I love films like that. What about TV show? Are you watching anything that I need to add to the list? I'm not watching any TV shows right now. I'm actually watching an anime. Um, People are always recommending animes to me. I'm actually watching uh, Demon Slayer right now. 
that's actually a big genre in terms of online sex work. If you're doing the cosplay thing, mm-hmm. it's really popular. A lot of girls make money doing that, but you have to be really committed to your character. And it's a lot of money to cosplay. Like you, you definitely need like a sponsor. Oh, for sure. I think they all start off small. And then as they make money, they, I guess, invest in themselves. But yeah, they're literally animated girls online making a shit ton of money. So much money. The genre is booming. Yeah. Okay. Pet peeves. I'm sure you have some. Oh my God. I have so many. (laughs) I always feel like I overwhelm people like with them. So I'm like, okay, Ty, let me just. Top three. (laughs) Ah, top three. Okay. I do not like when people chew their fucking gum so fucking loud. What in the world? Why are you chewing gum that loud? I don't understand it. (laughs) At least you won't have to worry about that with clients. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know any client that chews gum, at least not ongoing. Like they might chew it for two seconds to freshen their breath or something. (laughs) It's like, that should be illegal. Okay. Chewing gum loudly. (laughs) Yeah. Like what the hell? Okay, Mary Poppins. What are your other pet peeves? (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. I really hate, like if we go out to a movie or we're watching a movie indoors and like you're talking through the whole movie like why are we watching a movie if you're asking all of these questions instead of watching it (laughs) i mean i understand dropping little you know reactions here and there but it's like talking through the whole movie (laughs) see with me i'm so engulfed in the movie that i don't even hear anything like you could be asking me questions i'm not gonna hear you (laughs) i'm too focused but yeah, okay. And then what's your third? The last one, probably like biting your nails like excessively. And I know people have anxiety and stuff like that, but it's like you're constantly just chomping at your nails like you're doing it in front of me. I don't know. Again, I don't know any client that would do this. I think you're good. Stop hanging out with nail biters. <laughs> Please, like universe, stop sending them to me. <laughs> biting your nails. We're adults. <laughs> exactly. Like, stop it. Stop. Oh, my goodness. Who is biting their nails in 2023 if you're not like 10? Exactly. Now that I've traumatized you, please leave our listeners, both the guys and girls, with some parting advice. Parting advice. I would say to just go for what you want. Believe in yourself and fucking find the confidence. If you didn't grow up with confidence, if you don't have it around you, like surround yourself, listen to fucking podcasts, watch fucking YouTube videos. I don't know, get a therapist because if you don't have confidence in your life, you're going to be a people pleaser. And we all know like people pleasers are, in my opinion, can be the worst type of people because they have no backbone. So I would say, you know, find your spine, be confident in whatever you want to pursue, and the universe will literally bless you. You will have things falling in your lap. When you're ready, the universe will bring you all the stuff that you need exactly when you need it. It happens all the time. I can't tell you how many times, even to this day, I'm still amazed that I'll be like, you know what? I really need, and boom, it shows up. I'm like, wait, let me go ahead and manifest this billionaire. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
Okay, please leave us with your social media so our listeners can follow you. And I will also leave all of your links in the show notes as well. Yeah, so my Twitter is roses with a lowercase r for Thai wild. Perfect. All right, so I'm going to leave this in the show notes along with the link for them to buy your book. Thank you so much, Ms. Ty, for coming on. This was such a lovely chat. I'm glad we were able to finally get our schedules together. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, and hopefully you can come back next time and we can uh, talk shop. Yes, yes, please. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at TSEG Podcast and on Instagram at TSEGP. Join our Patreon page for exclusive videos on dating, sugaring, and freestyling tips for both the gentlemen and ladies. Patreon.com forward slash TSEGP. Follow your host Vivian on Twitter and Instagram at Exotic Vivian. Please leave the show a five-star rating on iTunes. Until next time, keep it sexy and stay receptive.